Hi, and welcome to the next episode of This and One More Podcast by Simple Sessions with me, James Lee. On this episode, it's great to have Andrew Tracy on the show. He is someone who has spent a good chunk of the last 10 years figuring out how to really effectively train with very little kit or whatever's available due to the fact that he's been working all over the country and has mostly had to train out the back of a van or from a car park. This is a really insightful episode, especially when it comes to the current climate of lockdowns and the constantly shifting ability to train from gyms or having to train from your home or whatever's available. So there is some really useful information here. Andrew does have a lot of good content available both on the Bulldog Gear website and on his own site and his motto is you are not your gym membership which I think is particularly poignant right now. We discuss all about how you can get the most from your training wherever you are and why tying yourself to having to train in a gym environment may not be the best way forwards long term especially at the moment. There's a bunch of other interesting bits of information in this podcast as well we'll talk about a bit about nutrition a bit about why having a discovery mindset is important when it comes to your training and nutrition so have a listen to the episode if you've got any questions at the end i will leave details for where you can find out more about andrew and also you can always email me at info at simplesessions.co.uk enjoy the episode on with the podcast so today on the podcast it's great to have uh, andrew tracy on and um, hi how are you how are you doing mate you all right yeah all good thank you um so andrew is a bit of a a king of training outside without much kit um which has kind of been perfect for the last year of lockdowns on and off um i was just going to ask you if you could just have a give everyone a bit of an explanation as to kind of your your journey into fitness or through fitness and, and why that is the, the kind of way you tend to train Cool. Um, I'll try and truncate this as much as possible yeah. because I, 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 there must be people that um, have heard this story so many times. But I, I started working in gyms when I was 16, uh, qualified, you know, went through the motions of qualifying as PT pretty early on, um, was always really interested in kind of further education. And I guess like yourself, like most people who are really kind of bought into the industry, you realize that you're sort of quote unquote level three people level three PT is the jumping off point and I wanted to kind of absorb as much knowledge thereafter as I could and sort of find my own way and my own passion and my own style within that. Um, I started working in commercial gyms in London and very quickly that kind of really ground out the kind of passion I had for the industry. Um, It would probably be different now. I was very young and I was probably very tempestuous and kind of uh, wanted to you know I thought I knew better essentially and I kind of saw this world as being just too target driven and no one cared about the quality of training which isn't it's probably not true at all there you know there were probably trainers I was working with who were making tons of money who were far better trainers than I they just you know understood the game a bit better Uh, so probably at the age of probably about five or six years into doing that full time um I kind of wanted to take a step back and find my enjoyment for the industry. It wasn't so much my own losing, you know, passion in my own training or anything like that. But I found that even though I was now kind of working in London and I was in this position to be going to all of these uh, seminars and workshops and doing all this further education, I just didn't want to do it. I was just really kind of burned out from being on the gym floor at six o'clock in the morning and then on the last tube home at night. And, 
I thought initially I thought, you know, what, I'm going to take a kind of six, six week, two month break and then maybe go back to PTM one-to-one in, in the area I was from. And I, I started doing some work kind of not just sort of incidentally in the events industry. My dad had, had worked in the events industry as a rigger and kind of been on tour um, with like Michael Jackson, some cool stuff like that previously. And he said, oh, you know, go and do some, go and do some crewing just to get your mind off things. Had some like personal stuff going on as well. And I thought this would be a really good chance to kind of um, get away from everything, switch off and without meaning to sound too cheesy, kind of like rediscover myself and what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. That was like 10 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, I just ended up not really ever getting out of that. Instantly I was back in love with training. I was, you know, back in love with wanting to immerse myself with other coaches and see what they were doing. The problem I had was this, this job in events I'd got myself into is pretty full on. You're looking at like a minimum of sort of 60 to 80 hours a week on site, um, sort of traveling all over the country, staying in cheap hotels, which was great because I had no outside of the times I was actually working, which I I really bloody enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the manual labor. I enjoyed being on my feet all day. And events is kind of like the last sort of vestige of <laughs> kind of there's no health and safety and everyone just works in shorts, no tops all summer. Yeah. And I enjoyed it and I loved it. And then I could go back to, um, I could go back to my hotel the night and just do coursework and kind of watch video presentations and stuff like that. But the, the two things that weren't really aligning was I, I didn't in my own head and this is probably super normal for everybody. I was like, well, I can't train because I haven't got time and I'm standing in these like crap travel lodges. Obviously they haven't got gyms, like they've barely got pillows. Uh, <laughs> so I just stopped training for a, a few years, which is quite uh, not, not meaning to be dramatic, but it wasn't a painful experience, but I hated it because now it was like I'd lost something else. And I was kind of like, how yeah. am I going to balance this? And there was no real kind of um, there was no real kind of epiphany or breaking point where I was like, right, I've got to do something. Uh, I do remember going to do one weekend an obstacle race with a friend of mine, Guy, who is funnily enough now like an incredible like trail endurance athlete, and we went to do this twenty-six mile obstacle race and uh, just got absolutely destroyed like that i remember one point falling off of this pontoon uh into the water and going under the pontoon like as i was trying to come back up i got i yeah. basically was under the pontoon couldn't get out and i was so exhausted that this voice in my head said look just lay here for a minute but i was i was literally underwater and there's other voices going you're gonna die you you're going to die if you if you lay here pulled myself together, got out. And I remember thinking like, I've never been this unfit in my life, which is odd. Cause I was, you know, carrying, doing, carrying stuff 10 hours a day on site in the sun, moving, you know, moving like 15, 20 miles under load, but there's only so much that, you know, that kind of peaks, right. You're not, yeah. there's no progressive overload as such in that. And, uh, I think it was during the Olympics. I'd worked myself up into a really good position. I was kind of project managing on some really big builds during the Olympics from like 20, probably from like 2010 onwards to the sort of takedowns in 2012, 2013 and beyond. 
And that was kind of how I got stuck there and ended up starting my own business in events because I had this great network and I didn't, it was just such an easy step for me to yeah. work, start my own business. I could employ family members, which was brilliant for me. And then I kind of realized that now I was working for myself. I had a little bit more autonomy over what I could and couldn't do during the day, in the evening, etc. I'm just going to start training again. And it really did. I kind of thought I have all this um, kind of knowledge or background education in training. And the, this is just a problem to be solved, like having no kit, be, you know, traveling, all of this stuff. This is just problems that I can solve with the knowledge I've got. And I literally just began with, um, I think one of the first like kind of outdoor workouts I did, I just used a, a bit of crappy old rope that I took out the van and I was just doing uh, sets of pull-ups, push-ups and skipping with this crappy old bit of rope on a, a hotel fire escape, which ended up being like such a traditional fixture of my training. We'd always go and find these, these fire escapes because you can hang rings off of them or you can yeah. tie a rope to them, etc. And, uh, yeah, kind of really built from there. I started experimenting with, uh, you know, could I achieve different goals under these same parameters of, of traveling, etc. And I found myself accruing just little bits of extra kit. Like I'd, I'd make sandbags, you know, on site to take to the hotel with me of an evening. I've bought a couple of kettlebells and I was kind of trying to backwards engineer um, programming I knew was successful and I knew was tried and tested but to be used with this kit or lack thereof wherever yeah. I was. So for instance, you know, if I wanted to kind of put some weight on and get somewhat of a, like a, you know, get it, get a decent rig back. So I do kind of hypertrophy training. I do GVT 10 sets of 10, but I'd kind of rejig it to work with nothing but gymnastics rings and a couple of kettlebells. So, or I do yeah. escalating density training with the same sort of kit or perhaps sandbags and body weight. And you know, really that's, uh, the rest is history, as they say. Um, I got to a point where I kind of saw it as my, um, without meaning to sound too dramatic, like my responsibility. I knew a yeah. lot of people who were in the same position as me that maybe didn't have 10 plus years of working in and around the fitness industry and that kind of knowledge. And they were stuck in that rut of thinking, oh, there's nothing I can do because I, I'm in this position and I kind of liken it to, you know, if your car's broken down, you, you might just look at it and go, well, where do I even start? And uh, people are so quick to kind of judge people for not, I can't, you know, seeing if someone doesn't exercise, they're just lazy. And it's a bit of a ridiculous concept because a lot of people don't really know where to start, do they? And I don't think yeah. you'd ever, you'd never hold someone accountable if they, you know, their car wouldn't start one morning and they go, well, I don't know what to do because they don't have an education. They don't have a background in mechanics. And it really is the same with, the, with, with our training, right? Yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually. Um, and it's definitely something that I think you, you kind of learn the longer you're in the industry. Like I definitely, a few years ago, it was in that mindset of like, you know, everyone's got time. You know, yeah. you, you can find time if you, if you want to do it. And a lot of people kind of, I think they realize they probably should, but also they, they don't really think they're going to enjoy it or... Mm -hmm. Like you said, they just haven't got a clue where to start and they don't really feel comfortable in gyms and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think actually what you what you do is really kind of freeing in that sense. And, and the lockdowns have brought that through. But actually there's loads you could do at home because, you know, 20 kilos is 20 kilos, whether you're in the gym on a barbell or, 
you know, a bag of sand or, or whatever, you can still do the same stuff with it, can't you? Yeah, the, the, the principles are the same, right? Yeah, so I think that's, um, you know, it's, it's a really a really good thing to be able to kind of give give back to, I suppose. I don't hold anybody kind of, um, there's a, it's very on vogue at the moment to kind of blame people for their own, uh, I guess, shortcomings. But like we were saying, A, we've, we're, we're privileged enough to have an education in this kind of sphere and in this kind of industry. And B, there's a billion, billion dollar industry designed around selling people solutions so you i don't blame anybody if i you know if i say to someone look just do 50 pull-ups and 100 press-ups every single day and you'll probably have a reasonably jacked upper body yeah um, i don't blame anyone for thinking like bullshit because why does all of this stuff exist why do all these programs these supplements this equipment why does it all exist if something's so simple can you know can be effective so i don't i really don't blame anyone for not kind of realizing because you don't until your eyes are open to it we've all fallen into and we all i still do fall into the trap of thinking like oh you know i need this i need xyz to start yeah it's because people make a lot of money telling us that we need xyz to start right yeah absolutely i think you know it's, it's the whole thing of like you know simple and straightforward isn't isn't really sexy is it it doesn't sell you could, yeah, you know, like you said, if you just say actually the basics work really well. Yeah, you know, people have been doing them for literally thousands of years and they've been effective. Yeah. But that's not what's going to sell, you know, your supplements or or you know, whatever new bit of kits come out recently, which I think is is actually why, yeah, you know, the stuff with you know the gym rings and all the stuff that the old school kit that's been around for ages is I'm glad it's coming back around now and it's starting to kind of reinfiltrate into into like the mainstream. Yeah, I think that's uh, and it, like the older I've gone, the longer I've like how long? Sixteen and thirty-two now, so it's sixteen years. Like it's half my life I've been kind of involved in this stuff, and I have begun to realise that it it's curiosity that keeps me like engaged. So yes, the basics, you know, we can never veer from the basics, but I guess it's our job to make it you know, exciting for someone to come and do it. And I think what you've just touched on there is brilliant. Like that's the trick is knowing when things are gonna, not necessarily knowing when things are gonna roll back round, but allowing things to. So like right now, like everyone is, um, you know, keen to become an amateur gymnast, which is brilliant because we know that that is, for me, that is really like the ultimate meta skill. If you can control your body through space, it gives you a great start in life. Yeah. But eventually that will probably stagnate and people will become bored of that. And we're just going to probably be on this treadmill of like trying to make this thing exciting again, trying to make that thing exciting again. And I, I honestly think we can either bang our heads against the wall, kind of telling people you need to be doing the basics, you need to be doing the basics, or we can find a way to make it enjoyable for them and find a way to kind of jazz it up and get them involved like it not everybody is us not everybody is like so in love with this industry that like their homepage is t nation you know yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean like um i'm happy to sit down and and read like literally read a textbook or you know like color in an anatomy chart but that's yeah. not that's not for everybody and i think a lot of trainers make the mistake of believing that you know, everybody has the same thought process as them. Some people do just need to find a way to enjoy it. And I've been down that rabbit hole of, uh, 
you know, telling people you should, you know, you shouldn't train in X, Y, Z way because it's not effective. But what's effective is what people enjoy because ultimately that's what they're going to stick to. And I don't, I don't really care if someone wants to go and do Zumba or take a hula hoop class, if that's what they're, is, you know, they're probably not going to get on stage as a bodybuilder or go and win any CrossFit competitions. But the, the barrier to ticking those boxes for like the physiological goodness of exercising is so low that pretty much, you know, a brisk walk will do it for most people. So cool. Yeah. If you want to, if you enjoy hula hooping, like more power to you, man, like go for that. And it's taken me 32 years to get to this point where I'm like, yeah, like try anything, try everything, whatever you enjoy. But I think that's our job really, isn't it? To make it enjoyable for people, not just tell them they should be sticking to the basics. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think it's when you realize it, like the goal of exercise is to just to get you to do more exercise actually you know that that's all that's all it is really so like you said if you enjoy it and that's the stuff if you've got the variety of of choice like you know the modified strongman stuff it's cool because yeah you can pick up all of these different like random objects and try and chuck them around and you know it's not just like i'm going to move this from a to b which is is great but it you know after 10 years of doing that you're like i kind of just am bored of bench pressing now yeah (laughs) i want to do something different and a lot of people i think who probably quite like the idea of being strong or you know being outside and not being in a traditional gym would love that kind of ability to to play with play with weight and just throw it around and just feel a bit more powerful you know yeah and i, I think a lot of it goes back to that thing again of um I'm tr- being careful trying i'm trying to be careful not to shoot both of us in the foot here but <laughs> these <laughs> we we write programs right and we we do online coaching and things like that and it, again that can make people feel like oh do i need this super special program yeah if you want to maybe hit specific goals or you want to have some guidance or you just want to have something uh, you know for a lot of people that's kind of offloading that you know, I, you know even for myself it's offloading that the thought process has got to go into deciding what you're going to do. But, you know, for 99.9% of people, it is just about doing something that's enjoyable yeah, and that just ticks those physiological boxes. And, you know, sometimes I went through a patch recently where I got bored of the modified strongman and all the really fun stuff. And I just wanted to do some like old school bodybuilding. And the, the good, the good thing is like, you're in this forever like you've got this body forever so they're really i think people make the mistake of thinking they need to be laser focused and maybe we're all tribal aren't we maybe identifying too heavily with i'm a guy who does x or i'm a guy who does y and they don't you particularly you see it it's definitely getting better in recent years but you kind of see it in you know bodybuilding versus crossfit and the the way that those two communities interact uh where i'd imagine there's a good percentage of people in both camps who want to be doing something from the other camp if that makes sense yeah absolutely i'm sure sure there's crossfitters who would want bigger biceps and there really is i don't think there's anything less noble than wanting to there's nothing more noble or less noble about wanting to fill out your sleeves than the reason wanting to get a good fran time it's both just like really just like an ego boost isn't it well that's it i think people i was going to just just touch on that is i was going to say to start with like i think the analogy that i heard recently was like you know with the whole kind of programming stuff and it's like you said yeah it's great but not everyone needs it but in the same vein like you don't necessarily need a plumber or need an electrician like you could do it yourself if you want to and chances are if you put some time into it you probably could get a pretty good result i mean Mm. you're as long as you're 
you, know, you take your time, you're probably not going to burn your house down, but it does help to pay someone to do it a lot of the time, just to take the stress away from constantly worrying if my wiring's right or, you know. Yeah. And in training, I think the buy-in as well, like yeah, a lot of people are, uh, are, um, I've got, I've actually got a really like clear cut example. If I go on my website, I can see the amount of free, you know, I've got free downloadable programs which get downloaded a lot because they're, they're free, but the interaction I will get from people in terms of people asking questions or people sharing the workouts is much higher from the programs that cost money or from remote coaching. And I think, I think, you know, my, my theory is that's literally just the buy-in. Yeah. If something, you know, someone's invested, they've made the, and this is true of so much, I think in the fitness industry, right. You know, down to clothing, down to even down to supplementation like it, it's we're talking about things that make one or less percent difference yeah. but if those are the things that give you the buy-in to, you know oh i bought a nice new pair of running trainers if that gives you the motivation to run suddenly it's a it's a hundred percent change yeah. in your workload as opposed to that one percent change and it, it's like everything's nuanced isn't it yeah, it's, it's all a mental game at the end of the day. I think, you know, you, you kind of have to do what you, I think you've got to do what you need to do to kind of get yourself in the right mindset to do to do something. And like you said, whether that is to, you know, hire someone or buy a new pair of shoes or, I don't know, get some nice swanky lifters or whatever it might be, then, you know, do it if it helps you train because it's better than nothing. Um, so I, th- I think I was going to say something else about, about like the whole niche thing, you know, like you were saying about the, the kind of CrossFit and the bodybuilders. I know you, you, you put that T-shirt out recently, like bicep curls are not a crime, which I love. And that is something you see quite a lot of. Is it almost like a battle on social media, isn't there? Of like, do my thing, it's the best, or don't do this thing because, you know, whatever, whatever rubbish reason. And actually the best is probably somewhere in between. You know, do a bit of everything, the whole kind of train for everything, ready for anything sort of setup is, is something that i think is, is, is really important for for most people to to think about you know that, that kind of seems to be the way the way you the way you come from as well in that in that sense is that what you'd recommend for most people would you say um i think my, my thoughts have probably changed on it over the in recent times but i do think the the kind of primary thing i think that's most important is finding the thing that you actually want to do and i think it can be so easy to get caught up chasing someone else's goal or maybe doing um elements of a let's say modality that you don't enjoy simply because they're part of that modality and get burned out that way or burnt out that way i think the most important thing is to understand that unless your goals are pretty specific unless they're pretty streamlined ultimately the only person they matter to is you and i i always find myself wondering why people let themselves become miserable doing certain things because you know certain small things because they're part of something bigger that they enjoy and you know that i'm a pretty disciplined person with my training you know because it's you know it's part of my life it's part of my identity so i know there is always a space and a time for for that discipline and you know sometimes you do have to swallow the things that you don't want to do if they ultimately lead to something that you do want but if 
if we're just talking about people training three or four times a week, I think assessing what you actually want to be doing in your training is important, especially if you're not like, you know, if you're, you're Joe public, you haven't got anything specific you want to do. You're not out to break any records. You just want to like keep fit. You want to get all that, you know, that the, phys the physiological benefits of exercise. Why do something that you don't necessarily enjoy doing? Because uh, I just don't think that's going to see you out forever. And to kind of try and circle back and be a bit more succinct with your question. Yeah, train for everything be prepared for everything but i'm even starting to wonder what that really means and this is over the last few days that i've started to think about this because i'm like well a it's probably pretty impossible to train for everything and and where where do you stop and i, I think people hold up crossfitters as an example of you know they're super strong but they're also super fit but these are like elite level these are like elite level people right and they are specifically training for CrossFit. So are you training for everything anymore? anymore? Or are you training specifically for CrossFit? It gets a bit kind of uh, wishy-washy. So I just think assess what you actually need to be capable of in your life and how much of your training needs to reflect that and how much you or what you actually want to be doing. Because I just wonder how many people are doing stuff they don't particularly enjoy because they've got caught caught up in the rhetoric of the kind of tribe they found themselves belonging to. And where I see it most clear cut is when you get, um, you'll get someone who is kind of an out and out, like gym bro, bodybuilder, come and do some sort of like functional modified strong man style session and absolutely fall in love with it because it's yeah. something new and fresh and you can see it in their eyes it's making them question their beliefs of how strong they actually are you know we've we, at farm fitness we've had it before where you, you'll have people come down and they're, they're coming down to record some youtube content or something so we'll set up something a bit fun a bit of a medley or you know something where there's a bit some carries and some rope climbs and we'll do it for time and they can't get their head around how they're so much slower than you yeah and you because we train specifically for this thing or you know whatever it is and you see you can almost see people's kind of world get crushed because they're like oh my god i've been training i've been in the gym i've been hashtagging beast mode on every form of social media yeah my, my fingers hurt when i pick up a sandbag <laughs> like i'm gonna cry because my fingers hurt because it's too cold and the same in kind of converse so you know you see crossfitters who they just perhaps they got into training like most of us initially for aesthetic reasons and maybe the training they're doing coupled with their genetics coupled with their nutrition or whatever it may be doesn't lend itself well to that and i think we've all fallen into that trap before of uh, i certainly have i remember wanting to just just deadlift fuck loads and i remember one day just being like dude you're fat like yeah you had this secondary goal of I wanted to deadlift loads, but really and truly at the time I was training to look good. And then yeah. I'm not ashamed to say that. And I let this other thing that I didn't really want, like circumvent the main thing I was after. And it's so easy to do. And I think just assessing what you're going to enjoy, assessing what you need your training to actually do for you and finding a middle ground in there. I do believe, ultimately, I do believe in not 
leaning too far towards any one modality. Uh, but I do think for short periods of time, especially if you've already got a good base, like what's the problem with that? Yeah. I've had this conversation with someone uh, today or yesterday, um, you know, talking about being a good all-rounder. And I was kind of like, look, if I go and train, you know, I, I trained to do an Ironman. I did an ultra duathlon. How much, it wasn't like it took me back to day one of deadlifting. I lost yeah. some strength because I wasn't necessarily focusing on it. And the, the same in, you know, the same on the other side of the coin. If I, I'm on, focusing on getting stronger now, my conditioning might take a little bit of a hit, but realistically, how long is that going to take to pick back up coming from a good baseline? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's a really good sort of summation of, of, the, of the, uh, the question that I asked, actually. And it's kind of, um, I was speaking to, to someone else about this the other day. It's almost like a, you, know, you don't have to follow anyone else's rules for your, your training because it's just, it's just for you, isn't it? So, you know, I guess exactly what you said, you know, identify why you're training. Like, is it to be better outside the gym, you know, so that you're fine when you're 60? Or is it because you've got a specific, I want to be able to lift this 400 kilo, whatever? obviously you're going to have very, very different approaches. One's much more laser focused. One, you can just almost do what you want as long as you're not getting injured. So yeah. You're getting stronger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I, I, when I have these like golfs in my training where I'm not necessarily training for anything specific, look, when, when I'm, tr when I'm personally training for something specific, or if someone comes to me with a specific goal in mind, then we, then we focus and then we focus and we build a training program around the things that you need to achieve um, kind of peppered with the things that are going to keep you motivated to achieve these goals. But when I'm in these, these gulfs, these deltas between having specific training goals, like I'm just having fun. Like I'm just doing the things that I want. And you wouldn't believe how often I get the message. What's the point in this? You know, why yeah. are you doing this? What's the point in this? And I just think, why not? <laughs> I just Because I wanted to know, like, I just, yeah. I was interested to know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah, it's kind of the same with me. Like, I do a lot of bits in my training that, you know, I'm never going to be a, a high-level competitive gymnast, but I quite like the challenge of spending a few years trying to get a specific movement. And, yeah, is it translatable to many other things? No, it's super specific, but it is fun. And doing that enables yeah. you to then motivate yourself to do the rest of the session when you probably couldn't really be bothered at the start exactly that like those um i've had particularly during i'd say during this year where obviously things have been a bit crazy and my schedule has been like insane we'll go from like a day of thinking oh my god i'm gonna not gonna be able to sleep for work to the next day of being like what what, what have i got to do today yeah there'll be training there'll be training sessions where at the end of the, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate now to have accrued, you know, I, I started out with literally a, a builder's tool bag and I would just get, every time it split, I'd just buy a new one and I'd just chuck bags of sand in. I was training that and I was training with like a, a, a kettlebell I bought secondhand. And a lot of my kit, I would just, when I was traveling from place to place, I would go on like Spock or Facebook Marketplace and look and just look and see what's in the area oh so this person's got this like 40 kilo dumbbell let's go and buy this 40 kilo dumbbell. that was i was building my training around that yeah. i actually did a strongman competition um it's a few years back now i didn't do particularly well in this one but it was literally built around i'd found a pretty heavy it was a 40 or 50 kilo dumbbell someone had 
and they they were just this seems ironic now given the current climate of gym equipment but they were basically like i'll take anything for them i just want rid of them so i went and bought this and got a fat grip and was just doing like i've done them today like thick fat grip single arm presses for circus dumbbell presses and then i was like oh well i've got this so maybe i could use this one implement to train for this strongman competition i've been fortunate this year that i've over going through that process and being fortunate enough to work with um work with people like bulldog gear i've actually now it's so strange this year i've got now got access to more equipment than i've ever had in the past 10 years with the irony of it being like now it feels like everyone else hasn't and it's kind of like flipped itself on its head but it's literally just down to that curiosity i had over these 10 years of what can i do I think everyone has this idea that they need to go out and spend five to 10 grand and build a garage gym. Yeah. Which is ludicrous. Like just start with, start with the, you know, the minimal piece of kit, be it gymnastics rings, be it a sandbag, be it a pair of dumbbells that you can, you know, you can press overhead five, six, seven, eight times and then push those pieces of kit to the absolute limit. actually i can remember where i was going with that story now some of the best sessions i've had is when myself and my brother have maybe found a new bit of kit on marketplace or you know someone is selling a a sled or a heavier kettlebell or something like that we're like we can we'll get that and what was intended on being a 30 minute session creeps like into the night because we're just having so much fun with this bit of kit and that that was when i kind of i started really realizing this philosophy of ultimately it's the things that make you curious or that will keep you coming back because then it doesn't even really feel like you're training yeah yeah exactly i think that that's the that's the trick isn't it is to kind of you know people always talk about goals and you know what's your goal what's your end goal and actually the more you think about it that the process is actually the goal isn't it really like you know if you enjoy the process you'll you'll find yourself in the position you want to be in probably you know if you're yeah if you're doing all the stuff that you enjoy doing and it probably will take you towards, I don't know, running this new 10K time if you enjoy running and you run more, you know. Um, and what, you know, what's the other option? You're going to stop? You're going to stop training forever? You're not going to, are you? have got to keep exercising. It's just uh, that's a fundamental kind of fact of life. So you might as well take the pressure off of it, at least yeah. when you don't have anything specific to train for. Like take the pressure off and do the things you enjoy doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's, also, it's also definitely helpful i guess you probably find this with your brother as well training with someone else gives you that like yeah you can bounce ideas around you could be like oh yeah should we try this today and you kind of get other stuff flowing so i think yeah it's difficult now but you you know you can obviously meet one person outside or whatever and and do bits and just explore and have a bit of fun with things i think yeah I, i consider that to be in this time one of my biggest blessings is is having having my brother having someone to train with i really do uh i don't get me wrong i trained for years and years on my own uh literally i would in those hotel car parks for the first few years probably first four or five years i was just on my own you know i, I was renting a garage to store the kit in when i started getting a bit too much and then when we were on jobs you say a job in london where we were just commuting in and out I'd go back to the garage and I'd train in there on my own. And um, yeah, it, it was fine. It was fine. It was fun, but it wasn't as fun as it is now. And I, I know it's difficult for people at the moment. I know you, you can still 
go outside and meet people outside for exercise. But and I, I accept that for some people they don't want to be outside, but even just some sort of uh, I don't know, just download a training program, go halves on a training program with a friend, and just you know do it over text. Yeah. do it over text and i find that sort of accountability and that you know particularly among guys being able to sort of trash talk each other and be like oh you know if it's an amrap oh i got x amount of reps or i did it with x weight that sort of thing that sort of friendly banter yeah it, even if it's just over text i think that's the sort of stuff that can really keep you going because that adds that curiosity and that adds that fun essentially yeah, yeah a bit of competitiveness is often just what you need isn't it to kind of just keep things ticking over Oh yeah, I do, the number of people I've spoke to certainly recently who have, have been kind of slightly concerned that they're going to kind of you know they're going to lose everything or you know they they can't possibly come you know they don't want to lose all their gains or whatever it might be, and just realizing like look back six months when you after you've been at home for six months you came back to the gym and you probably in a month or two you're back pretty much where you were before. Yeah, yeah, like just don't don't I, panic I, about it. I call it, uh, I have a phrase for this where I just call it earned strength or earned muscle. Like you've earned it once, it's coming back. Like, you yeah. know, it might be, it might be two, three weeks, but it's not going to take you as long in the, you know, the second time around. That's why I'm really not too fussed about doing things that are uh, lean too far, maybe in one direction in terms of, you know, fitness capacity. So I don't really yeah. mind going and doing a big block of endurance training because realistically, once that's finished and I want to put some timber back on, that gives me an excuse to do some just pure like clang and bang bro training. And it doesn't take yeah. long to come back. Um, and I would, I would say to anyone that we're in a weird, we're in an especially weird, and I'm going to be careful with my words here because of the way gyms are being treated in, you know, in amongst the lockdown and with the tier system, et cetera. <sighs> This is not something I've, I've spoken about on social media because it's so easy to be misconstrued, but yeah. people need to be very careful. And, you know, I believe people need to be very careful when they're telling people what is and isn't essential for them. I think if you're telling, and I completely understand, um, and, you know, I'm sat right now in my office, which is based in a gym, which, uh, you know, barely even got off the ground before lockdown. So I've got a dog in this fight and I completely empathize with people who are struggling with their businesses. But if you're telling your clients they need the gym, you're essentially building a rod for their back. The yeah. solution you're providing with a gym is fitness. The problem is people don't know how to get their fitness. The solution you're providing is you're giving them their fitness. That's not necessarily contingent on your bricks and mortar and your four walls. And I feel like um, that we've built up this atmosphere now where it's so thick in the air that gyms are essential. And I do believe gyms are top tier of importance. Yep. But gyms aren't essential for you to get that tick in the box of exercise right and i know there's some people really going to not like me saying that and i do really feel i do think gyms should be open you've only got to look at data but i don't think that we should be telling our members or people who rely on us as uh what's the word uh, you know as sort of profits of you know the, we're the people yeah, who go yeah, to yeah. information um 
if we're telling them, no, you can't do it. You can't do your fitness without us. That's pretty harsh, man. That's, and that's going to, you know, it's going to build a rod for a lot of people and people need to, maybe need to realize that, that it might not be what you want to be doing, especially if you do have specific goals, but exercise and training aren't necessarily the same thing. And exercise is what's essential. Exercise movement is what's essential for yeah. our physiological and our mental health. And I know there's, there's a lot of cofactors. Some people like the community, some people like to get away and they have solace in that area. But for me, and it, I literally only because this is exactly the same thing I went through 10 years ago with not having a gym to go to. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's about backwards engineering the parts of those four walls, the parts of those bricks and mortar I actually need. And how can I bring the best of that to myself right now? Why I can't be in these gyms? Well, I can't be in a gym. And I know for some people with some goals, that's not, it's not going to be possible. But actually ticking those boxes of getting some movement in, getting that physiological hit of exercise, which you know we need for our mental health, for our physical health, for longevity, it doesn't necessarily need to be in a gym. And I, I would just say to everyone that the feedback I've had over this last year from people who have you know downloaded like free guides I've put out, bodyweight training, single kettlebell training, training with a gym rings, training with a, a single dumbbell, training with a sandbag, who have come to me and said, I'm actually in the best shape I've ever been in because I've actually focused on something. Yeah. And I've, you know, people, I've had people say to me that it, it's given them something to focus on and something to control in an erstwhile, very confusing sort of stormy year. Yeah. And I, I would, if you're focusing on this idea and I know this, this is going to come across as harsh. It's why I've not, I've not spoken about it on any platform, but mm. if you're focusing on the fact I do not have a gym as a member, not, you know, not necessarily as an owner because there's other things that go into that, yeah. but you're kind you're maybe missing the wood for the trees and maybe you could shift your foot do sign all the petitions, please you know, rally all your local authorities to keep gyms open, banned behind these people, sure. But also understand that for you, on a, on a personal level, make sure you're not just not exercising because you think you need the gym, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably um, one of the most important points, actually, of probably the last few podcasts I've done, you know. Um, just just because it is quite a, a rocky ground to try and explain in a way that's not going to, piss off a bunch of people but actually like if you look at the context of what you're saying it makes perfect sense because you know it is massively disempowering to clients or any anyone at all to say you absolutely need this one thing you know it'd be mm. like telling everyone you can't train if you don't have a barbell yes like, yeah yeah it doesn't you know you, you absolutely can do so many other things if you and love I, training I, with a barbell great but yeah and i don't think anyone's doing it deliberately and a lot of these people they you know they're trying to save their businesses mm. a lot of the you know the, the big kind of hitters in this in this fight they're trying to save their business and that's you know fair enough yeah, and, uh, and it, you know it's not necessarily their responsibility to also at the same time as trying to save their business then people are losing the houses people are losing you know so much is happening it's hard to then think oh also at the same time i need to make sure I'm careful. I need to tread carefully with this message yeah. because 
Yeah, my, my kind of philosophy is there's enough room for everyone. So yeah, that's why I'm not banging the, I'm not, I, you know, my kind of philosophy has always been you are not your gym membership, but I've not banged it out this year because it seems it, I, you know, I, I've not, I've barely even said it or put it up anywhere because yeah. it seems in poor taste because it, it was always meant as like a, a sort of rallying call to anyone who was in the position where they couldn't get to a gym, you know, gyms are open, but yeah. they can't necessarily get to them, whether that's economic, whether that's time constraints, whatever it may be, maybe they just don't like them. But this year, it seems, um, you know, it seems kind of in poor taste. And that's why I sure. think we've got to have this balance of the people banging the drum and the people saying, get gyms back open again. And the people saying, you know, in the meantime, here's something else you could be doing. But I, I would just say for the people in the middle, just remember, you can bang that drum, but still look after yourself in, in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's that's a really good good way of putting it because you know I, I I'm in the same boat as I love I like being in a gym because it is just a place I can go and I get stuff done. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to be tied to that one place because then you know what do you do in situations like this when you yeah. actually can't go? And um, and I think actually another way to possibly look at that is is use it as like a learning process and, and use it to like awaken your curiosity because it's like the whole saying, you know, the best can do the most with the least, right? You know, you can, you don't need anything, but if you learn or teach yourself or go and explore, it opens those pathways that we've been discussing through the podcast of let's go try it. Let's have fun with it and, and just play and explore and discover. Yeah. Like, you know, all the resources in the world could eventually end up limiting you. Whereas all the resourcefulness in the world will take you everywhere. And, um, you know, previous, previous to this, I've previous this year, I've encouraged people to, you know, like maybe take some time with just one kettlebell or with one dumbbell and see what you can get out of that. You know, that, that was kind of what my whole philosophy was built around was like, you know, how can we take these principles, these principles that are universally true, you know, progressive overload and, back engineer it to work um, with different methods or even how can we take these methods that we know work, take them out of the context that they're traditionally set and make them work elsewhere. And I think it's kind of trying to get that 30,000 foot view of looking at, looking at the bigger picture and going, okay, this, you know, this works because it's X, Y, Z, not because I had access to, xyz and that's kind of what i've always tried to do yeah um you know whether gyms are open or not and that's kind of always what i've tried to relay to people and it, the amount of people i i kind of program for and they're like oh what well, you know i can't do that because i haven't got this and you you know you'll instantly give them the the nearest possible substitution and you without without meaning to sound facetious or kind of like be snarky at anyone you've seen it a lot during lockdown with you know pts and stuff who are maybe too caught up in the methods that they've never really understood the principles and you know yeah. i've seen some stuff with bands people training with bands and i'm like that's not even the movement you think that you're doing like you're you're kind of going through the motion that you would be going through if you were sat on the machine you're trying to recreate here but like yeah. you, they don't understand the they don't understand the strength curve or the, you know force angles 
um, they don't understand where attention is being applied from. And it's those principles that will now enable you to kind of back engineer your training to with what, yeah. whatever you've got. Like an overhead press is an overhead press is an overhead press. You're, you're yeah. moving weight in the overhead plane, right? And, the, you know, when you break movements down into their patterns and the stimulus you're trying to achieve from them, rather than, you know, exercise names, it's yeah. much easier to then apply those to any context. And I, I think maybe that's perhaps something that's missing from people's education in training. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. I think that's um, it's definitely something that I've, again, focused more on over the last few years of like, right, yeah, especially working in like a busy gym. And I think actually, in a, in a sense, being in a busy space is quite good for this because you go in, you're like, right, I want to do this movement. Can't do that. What can I do that's similar? And you just go down all the iterations until you end up finding a bit of floor space and figuring out how to do it there, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, but having that ability to just just chop and change and realize that actually if you can't bench press but you can do some press ups, it's not too far different. Yeah, yeah, you're getting a bit of different in the load or whatever, but you can still play around and make it hard. It does open up a lot more doors, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And look, if you want to, um, if you want to bench 140 kgs because that's what you want to do, then cool. Like more power to you, and no, you know, no amount of press ups is going to do that for you. Yeah. But if you're like sitting on your sofa with a packet of quavers going, I can't do anything because the gym's closed. The push-ups are not going to hurt. <laughs> like <Right. they're> not, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not going to do you any more damage than the sofa and the quavers. So you might as well have a blast at them. And yeah, I, yeah, I think it, sure. it, I think sometimes maybe it's, there's, there's a lot of factors to it and, Again, it probably cycles back to that idea of like, well, look, I'm paying £60 a month to train in this place. Surely, surely to Christ, I can't do the same thing in my living room. Yeah. And perhaps, perhaps you can't, but you could probably do quite a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you could probably take that £60 every month. And, you know, most people, if they'd count that, and this is not something I'm advocating, this is just a, a, a thought experiment. Most people, if they'd cancelled their gym membership at the beginning of the first lockdown and used the money they would have spent on that gym membership, accruing a little bit more kit every month, they'd probably have quite a decent setup by now. And it's nobody's yeah. fault. No one knew where this is going. And some people just don't want to train at home. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. But you know what? When needs must. Yeah, Absolutely you kind of just have to adapt don't you yeah and and this is again it's sort of something that you mentioned a minute ago about the um the principles and not the methods i know it's you know it's, it's slightly off topic but it's exactly the same with what i see with people's nutrition as well is like you see so many people in the industry getting really tied to methods and mm. just losing all sight of, of the actual principles that that come behind it and just arguing about pointless things because yeah <laughs> and it's re it's really frustrating um on, on both sides and I guess yep. that actually leads on to onto the next thing I was going to ask you, which is um, what what would obviously you're involved in the fitness industry with with men's health and stuff like that quite quite heavily. What would you like to see more of in the in the industry? Um, do you think over the kind of coming year, should we say, what do you think would make it a better place? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Um, I think less. I mean, I'm, I'm wishing here, man. I don't even th I don't think any genie could grant this, but I'd wish for less polarization and more space yeah. for conversation and it, 
There is plenty of space for conversation, but it's the, the problem is it's, it's sat in that middle ground where no one's shouting very loud. Yeah. You know, and there's people I talk to every single day who I have wildly different opinions um, on, you know, different aspects of nutrition and training with. And we, ha- we can have the conversations and we can come out the other end going, um, yeah, I still don't agree with you. Or I, still don't, I, I, still don't, I still don't necessarily believe what, you know, what you're saying is the best, et cetera. But cool, I'm glad we had this conversation. I'm glad I'm not just sitting in my echo chamber. Yeah. I would love to see that more. I would love to see, you know, one thing that you, you spoke there about principles and people hark on a lot about the methods. But now I feel like the pendulum swung for a while. And people did start talking about the principles. But now it's almost like the, the particular, I'm saying particularly with nutrition here, counting calories, counting macros is a method. Yeah. You know, thermodynamics is the principle. Yeah. Counting calories is the method, but somehow they've become kind of conflated. And one thing that, have you seen that meme that goes around every now and again? It's got like every, it's got like keto, vegan, uh, carnivore. It's got all these diets listed and it says like, Oh, how people think they work. And it'll yeah. be, you know, control insulin, blah, 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 blah. How they really work. Calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. And I think what people miss there, the key words that I see when I look at that meme is how they work. And the key word is work. Now, I know they all work for, you know, for weight loss because they adhere to the laws of thermodynamics. But the fact of the matter is all, all of these methods will work for some people and they won't work for other people. Yeah. But then that's then we take this known truth and we then quickly slip in that the best thing to be doing is counting your calories on my fitness pal. Now that's just another method and it's as fallible as any of the others. It's probably, it's the one that's most data driven. It's the one that's on paper is most likely to yield results, but you can track you, you know, you can track calories all day long, but if you keep going over, it yeah. doesn't matter if you track them or not. And I, I would like to see more people be more flexible in uh, understanding that just because this method uh, you know, just because someone goes on their Instagram stories every day and says that this method is for mugs or this method is for gimps, you might be taking away from a client or from someone you're av- advising the absolute silver bullet in what could be the most sustainable diet for them. It's why I don't talk about like, you know, I'm precision nutrition, qualified nutritionist. I don't talk about it online because it's so nuanced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm the same with my eating as I am with my nutrition and I'm very explorative, very explorative. And yeah. I like to, um, you know, I like to see how things make me feel. And, uh, you know, sometimes I will be very engineered towards a goal, be it weight gain, weight loss, whatever it is. But I like to see how things make me feel. And you can't bring that up on social media anymore. What I would like to, I'd like, to, you can't, can you? I'd like to be in a world where I could openly say, oh, I'm trying this diet because uh more because i want to yeah without without people 
with zero education in the industry, by the way, yeah. telling, <laughs> telling me all the things that are wrong with it. And like, yeah, believe me, I know how thermodynamics works. Like, yeah, uh, I've been, I was doing like, I was making clients calorie tracking spreadsheets, uh, like in 2006, like, before fitness, my fitness power, before an iPhone existed, you know, like I yeah. understand how it works, but it doesn't mean other methods can't be successful for some people. And I, I just hate what I'd like to see kind of toned down a little bit is this idea of shouting people down. And I know it's just a natural reaction to because there is a lot of bullshit and there's a lot of lies and there's a lot of people that shout very loudly about how they're, you know, their method is the only method that can be successful. And I know one is just a natural reaction to the other, but I'd love to see more people meet in the middle ground yeah. for, for discussion because so many of us, we're not doing our clients any, any, we're doing our clients a disservice by not helping them find the best way for them, the best path for them as such, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the, um, I think that you tend to get, you see it a lot in people who aren't, I was going to say scientifically minded, but that possibly is wrong, the wrong terminology. But when like your your bias is challenged because you know you 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 have a little way you like to do things, and and obviously if someone turns around you says, you know, eating protein's bad, you're going to be like, what? You know, I'm offended by that. And it's just taking that this the second to just rethink and be like, well, you know, what are you trying to say? Where where have you got that from? Why do you think that? You know, actually being prepared to have that that discussion is, is quite important. I think you're you're bang on there with we've got to be very careful both from from a training and nutrition point of view of of not telling people that things are bad when they're not they just might be appropriate or inappropriate depending on yeah. you know where, where you currently are exactly that and i feel like particularly in nutrition what happens is we get into that great space that you're discussing there where we're talking about more appropriate versus less appropriate and then you saw it with flexible diet and you saw it if it fits your macros, which I, when, you know, when people started talking more and more about energy balance, I was like, Oh, this is brilliant. Like this is actually going to get us away from a lot of um, kind of uh, diets that, you know, rely on eliminating macronutrients on mass or whatever it is. Yeah. I thought this is brilliant. And then that pendulum just keeps on swinging and it swings straight past you. And the next thing you know, like you're just trying to enjoy a vegetable and someone's telling you, you know, you can just eat a donut because it's just, it's just the same. It's just calories in calories out. And you're like, Oh yeah. But how do you know I'm not enjoying the apple man? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the context, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I just love, I just love to see, I just love to see either end of the spectrum just pipe down a little bit. That would be, yeah. that would be great. But I guess some people need it. Some people need the shouty voice. Otherwise they will never realize that the person that's trying to sell them the detox teas is just as bad, just on the other end, of, just on the other end of the spectrum. But I just love to see more room for questioning and more, you know, more openness to, I think it's in, it's actually in when you train with precision nutrition, uh, they talk about about like motivational interviewing with clients, and yeah. one like big thing is like if someone comes to you and says, "Oh, I'm on the keto diet, I'm doing Atkins," 
instead of telling instead of telling them and this is what happens now in the mainstream seemingly instead of telling them that's stupid carbs carbs are the best like come on man like your personality can't be carbs carbs is not a personality um (laughs) instead of saying that just ask them great like how's that working out for you brilliant i'm losing loads of weight great and if that person is not going along and sort of evangelizing or shouting from the rooftops that keto is the only way then what is the problem with them doing that diet absolutely yeah there's no problem whatsoever is there yeah no that's that's a thing i think the the key thing probably from that is that everyone as an individual needs to take ownership of their of that and say like look yeah and know that they are an individual rather than going oh you know jane down the hairdressers is doing this and you know she goes to the same hairdresser so i should do the same diet and just think actually you know take a step back and go it might work but is my life exactly the same as hers that's the key isn't it yeah if it is then great crack on but if not which it probably isn't you might need a different approach yeah Um, you know i think that goes 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 across the board doesn't it really and i get that i do get that it's hard i do understand that it's hard because you know sometimes i've done things personally for personal experimentation on very wishy-washy science and i'm like i'm sure this thing works I, you know, I'm really sure this thing really works and not just for me. And it's then hard to temper yourself and not be like, you know, you've got to kind of pitch it like, don't you maybe try this? And that's what's missing now. I think, I think that's what's missing is, is this, uh, we, we, we want to box things because it makes it really easy to then put on an Instagram infographic. And we want to say like, uh, prime example, like, oh, cheat meals are bad and they reinforce, uh, you know, a negative relationship with food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For someone that there might be just no kind of toxic connotations for that whatsoever. It might just yeah. be like, oh, it's the weekend and I just have a nice little blowout and then I like to. And there's no, there's nothing sinister. There's nothing toxic. It's just simply the way they live their life. And for other people, that might be an awful binge cycle they're in. Yeah. But to yeah. claim to claim it's one or the other wholesale for everybody is just too simplistic, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think we probably should be moving away from like absolute statements generally and just, just treat everything as if it's trial and error, which it is. And yeah. you can just you know, it, it probably will work, but then you know, the marketers will cut your head off for saying that. Yeah, I think <laughs> A the marketers and B nobody like this and again this is something i've not got to love you know been a bit older but nobody likes to say they don't know yeah and for me like i've had to completely shift my mindset and reframe it to the point where now i get excited to say i don't know because when i don't know there's something i can go and find out yeah and that that curiosity like whereas before and this is what i see um you know and it's not just the fitness industry it's across the board nobody wants to say they don't know people want to give you the answer because i don't know they might think they sound stupid who knows but to be able to say i don't know or it depends or i don't know why don't you try it and see if it or it might not work for you um but people just we just live in a in a world of absolutes unfortunately don't we where people want the answer and i and i can again i can completely understand why would you pay me 
to tell you i don't know <laughs> i tell yeah. you like i haven't got the answers for you really mate <laughs> yeah but you know again i think you can if you've got a discovery mindset let's call it and you're kind of happy to go and learn it people are i think probably more responsive to you saying i don't know i'll go find out for you yeah. than just yeah. feeding them some crap and then them coming back to you in six months going like well I'm, i've not changed <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that for me demonstrates actual wisdom, you know, I, more like I instantly trust someone if they tell me they don't know, and they're going to go away and find out because I think like, well, this person's, you know, they're quite happy to hang their ego. Yeah. And actually wants what's best for this project or whatever, whatever it might be. And I, I've that, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what I'd like to see more of in the fitness industry over there i don't really know what what else i don't really that's fine that's a, a good a good few answers i just thought i'd chuck that one in there just for a bit of a thought provoker really um because you often get some kind of interesting interesting answers which is good so thanks for that um and normally just just to kind of wrap up uh, this i tend to ask people on, when they come on if they could give kind of two or three points to, to the audience that they think would they could go away and like actually use straight away or it would be really beneficial for them and um, off the back of what we've discussed or, or what you think about you know coming from training anything and um, so you're kind of top two or three points that you think people would benefit from yeah i think that the first one kind of um going back to something we we spoke about earlier is maybe take some time it might be difficult at the moment because perhaps the things you want to do aren't available to you but take some time to assess Sit with the idea that exercise is exercise is exercise. You've got this body forever. You can do whatever you want with it. The, the bar is so low for like getting the goodness out of exercise. You can pretty much get away with doing most things if you don't have specific goals. So take some time and think about what you actually want to try, what you want to experiment with and how you can integrate those things into your training. Cause I think ultimately, or what are you curious about? What do you want to know about? Those are the things that will keep you going. And that's gonna be different for everybody. Some people might be very analytically minded and for them, you know, it might be as simple as, I want to see how fast I can run. Yeah. So you're gonna spend some time improving your 5K time, improving your 10K time, whatever that is. And some people do really well with those metrics you know, I'm, I'm in the middle. I do like to have some metrics. I do like to know I've got something to beat. That works well for me. And yeah. some people, it might just be a case of getting the, the feeling out of that. But spend some time examining what you want to get out of exercise as opposed to maybe what you're being told you need to do or being told you uh, you are built to do or that you need to do to be part of this, you know, this club or this culture. Um, so that's one thing I just think you'd be willing to indulge your own curiosity and don't get too caught up in any one thing that it detracts you from doing things you actually enjoy. Yeah. Uh, another thing I would encourage people to do is um, quite an easy, quick, actionable one. It might be a bit wishy-washy, a bit esoteric, but think about your breathing more. Um, I often will see people who I know spend hours a week on top of a foam roller or spend hundreds of pounds on recovery supplements or the, you know, whatever 
percussive therapy device they're using uh but say they don't have time or they don't have the inclination towards spending five minutes at the end of their training session down regulating um understand again going back to this methods and principles idea so much so much of what we're sold as recovery products is simply designed to shift your state to put you into a um you know a sympathetic rest and digest state where your body can do the job of recovering your body is good at recovering none of us are you know, the vast majority of us are not absolute hardcore machines. We sit at desk all day or we do this or we do that. When there's people out there who, you know, they're going to the Olympics, they're training eight hours a day. You, you do not need to be following their recovery regime. You're not that, yeah. you're not that special. Most of these products or, you know, these methods or whatever it is, and they're, they're all great, I would say, at doing adhering to this principle of shifting you into this rest and digest state but the low-hanging fruit of that is um you know making sure you're sleeping well making sure you have yeah. sleep hygiene and just spending some time after your workout and by time i literally mean five minutes maybe 10 allowing yourself to shift out of that stress state uh and i I do it so like innately now that it starts as soon as I start putting the weights away. Yeah. Um, I'll start focusing on my breathing. I'll start focusing on getting a nice long exhale, getting back in control, you know, nasal exhale, getting back in control of my breathing rhythm of bringing my heart rate down so that my body can do the job of starting the recovery process. And, um, you know, I, I honestly think that, all of the percussive therapy devices in the world aren't going to be a lot more effective than a hot bath. And, you know, you can take it as far as you want to take it meditation with some breath work, whatever yeah. it is that seriously is the low hanging fruit of recovery. And we, you know, some people that will spend all day on Google or talking, you know, listening to every podcast they can to work out how to make their training better but they'll finish their training. They will like tear into, you know, whatever pre-workout shake they're on. They'll jump in a car, they're on their phone. Um, and then just, just they maintain this high level of stress. Yeah. And uh, for me as someone who, you know, my training for years and years and years was, it was a case of I'm working on site. I have a 20 minute lunch break in the morning when the boys have a coffee and a bacon sandwich or whatever, I would throw a barbell out the back of the van, do a 20 minute EMOM and then go back straight back to work. The difference I noticed from doing that and just staying in that wired positional time to just shifting over, just spending five minutes just to change my state and shift between tasks. It sounds so like hippie and airy fairy, but it's just, it's like basic physiology. Bring yeah. yourself back down, get into that sympathetic state, and then your body can do the job of, of repairing. And that, that for me is like the most actionable thing. And it, you can take it as far as you want. Like I have, a, I have a meditation and breath work practice that I fit in as often as I can. You don't have to take it like that. Something as simple as when I'm putting the weights away, once I finish my session, I count my steps while I'm walking, right? So I'll do four steps 
for those four steps, I'll do a four count inhale. The next four steps, I'll do a four count hold. The next four steps, I'll do a four count exhale. The next four steps, I'll do a four count hold. And all I'm doing is box breathing to the pace of my steps. And I, you know, I love it. I'll do it at work sometimes if I'm, if I've got to travel, you know, walk a little bit of distance, yeah. I'll shift into that mode and that mindfulness and just centering yourself. That is kind of the airy fairy whimsical side of it. But the, the fact is what you're doing is um, bring yourself back into the present and shifting that state so that you're not constantly in that high stress energy leaking state and your body can do its job of repairing. So for me, like just spending some time thinking about your breathing is a, is a very underrated, very underrated tool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. And um, that was excellent. I really enjoyed that chat. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and thanks a lot for listening. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, as I mentioned at the start, feel free to email me at info at simplesessions.co.uk or you can also reach me on Instagram at jameslee.pt. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd really appreciate a quick review. And also, if you'd love to share it with your friends, that'd be excellent. The more people that can hear this and enjoy it and also hopefully get some benefit from it, the better. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode and I hope you're looking forward to one more next week. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.